0: Everybody And welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions in film and television. My name is Sam Chung, and we have been looking forward all week to finding out who is Bubakins. And now, <laughs> here we are, talking about The Crown Season 3, Episode 4, Bubbikins. And I'm very excited to announce that we know who Bubakins is and I can move on with my life. Joining me today, as always, are my two co-hosts. First, uh, a guy who is in the market for a copy of the Royals documentary. It's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, if you find it, will you share it with us? Similar to how you shared the Queen's sister.
1: I, I was gonna say, if I can find that piece of shit movie, <laughs> I can find anything.
0: Actually, I don't. I think I posted as a question, but I'm gonna rephrase it as a as a demand. I demand that you share it with us if you do find it. I, I think I,
1: uh, I know we're not supposed to look stuff up, but I think I saw that uh, the documentary like actually leaked onto the web sometime last year, I want to say. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, and I, I don't know if it's still up there, but but it did see the light
0: of day. Wow.
2: Good. Because those people who just got to see it in the 60s, they're too lucky. I, I want to see it.
0: I mean, yeah. Imagine missing it, and then you think there's going to be a repeat. You're like, oh, it's going to be on in three weeks, and then the queen is like, no, get that repeat out of here. You just miss it forever. Take it off Xfinity
1: on demand. (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: No, but I remember that feeling when, like, you you weren't home, and you were really hoping someone was going to, like, TiVo your show, and then they don't, and you just never see it again. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean took me months to see the season four finale of smallville
2: you want to shame.
0: i mean it took us forever to track down the queen sister like it's just so hard um mm-hmm. all right back with us also uh, a woman who rode into this podcast in her sidecar it's carlin greenwald carlin sidecar are we pro sidecar or anti sidecar is it cool or not cool
2: it's probably safer for, like, both the driver and the person in the sidecar in terms of just, like, I think you have to make, like, less. Like, you can't just fall over. I, is that not, like, a thing that happens with motorcycles? Do they not just tip over?
0: Do people on motorcycles just tip over? <laughs> I, oh, I've seen, I I've seen it happen.
2: It. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, so I think, yes, I'm pro sidecar. Also, because I think it makes it so you can't like weave through traffic. And that feels like it also is why people frequently get hurt on motorcycles. So pro sidecar. Interesting.
1: That's actually exactly like the circumstances in which I saw a motorcycle tip over. There was one that was trying to weave around traffic and, and he got a little overzealous and he hit like the corner bumper of the car that was right in front of me. And then he tipped over and fell. And I had to abruptly stop, and then he kind of got up and sort of shook it out, like, "I'm okay, I'm okay." And I just remember, and th- this is not my best moment, but I remember thinking, "You idiot," And then I just drove around him and kept going. Oh my God <laughs> Well, it sounds he like was he was so okay. So <laughs> yeah, he looked okay, but it was just dumb. He 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 was clearly new to mo- like driving a motorcycle and like just tried to be like super cocky and arrogant and he almost got hurt and like I felt no sympathy for him. I just kept driving.
0: Well, part of me wonders if like once you know how to ride a motorcycle, if it actually becomes harder to ride the motorcycle with the sidecar, like after you've learned how to ride a bike and then you try to ride a bike with training wheels and you're like, "Oh, this made it actually harder." Ooh.
2: Did it? I've never tried to ride a bike with training wheels. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, is
0: it is it is it awkward? Like you you can't really.
1: It's awkward because once you learn on how it? to
0: ride a bike, like you 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 turn by leaning, but you can't really lean anymore when the training wheels are on. I wonder if it's the
1: same with rickshaw drivers.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. But we're pro sidecar here. Good to know. <laughs> Uh, okay, we've gotten a little sidetracked The Crown, uh, Bubikins, yes uh, Okay, so as always, before we get into the episode Just disclaimer off the top If you came here for any sort of like clarity on the uh, how factual this episode is You've come to the wrong place Because we don't know, we're not historians We're just three regular people who are watching The Crown And assuming that everything that happened in The Crown Is 100% historically accurate I'm assuming the documentary would also <laughs> play to this as well. Um, so to get things kicked off, Carlin, can you give us a quick recap of season three, episode four of The Crown, Bubakins?
2: Yeah, let's go. Okay, so we start off um, somewhere different. We're in Greece this time, and we are meeting a, we're going into a convent. We are meeting an old nun, and, uh, you know, the country seems to be in turmoil. She's trying to um, round, crown, crown, scrounge up some money and you know she's going to various places to try to do that she seems very thrifty and then we move from our thrifty nun over to a television program where prince philip is on an american news station and he he decides he is up there to try to ask or like discuss the idea that elizabeth hasn't had a raise since she came into not into office, whatever, since she became queen. She has not gotten a raise. And Philip is like, you know, she needs a raise. And like they're trying to sort of just discuss it on this program. And one of the people watching the program is an Irish fellow named John Armstrong, and he is a newspaper writer. And he is like, oh, my God, like, this man. And so he writes a, a scathing article about the idea that this uh, very expensive family wants more money. And its it has such a far reach that it goes all the way to Parliament and they even start, like a lot of the sort of anti or not, pot, not pro-monarchists sort of take this as a moment to once again discuss the idea that the Crown is a lot of money and what do they really do? And so our good old um, PM Wilson has to go back to... Elizabeth and sort of discuss what has, what conversation has started up. Elizabeth is kind of, you know, she's not really sure about this. This does seem like it could be a problem. So she goes to Philip. It's like, okay, what's going on here, Philip? But Philip is adamant that yes, they do need a raise. And so Philip decides to clean up their image by doing a documentary of the family because he thinks if, The world can see that they are just a normal family who are actually accomplishing things that are helping the country, that they'll stop with this, the crown is, you know, antiquated type thing. Cool. But meanwhile, they get noticed that Philip's mother, Princess Alice, who actually is the nun who was trying to get money, is in the middle of a collapsing Greece and someone needs to go get her. And Philip is like, oh, no, like, no, 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 do not do not bring my mother here during this documentary, even though it sounds like her life's at risk. But whatever, Philip. And Elizabeth's like, no, you're <laughs> getting your mother-in-law. We're bringing her here. So Philip's like, fine, we can bring her, but like, don't let the camera see her. So anyway, they, they bring Princess Alice in and they like shutter her away in this one room. And they just tell Princess Anne, who we get to see for the first time in this new series, like just entertain Alice, keep her out of the way. So Anne has a lot of jobs um, starting now. And so basically they do the doc and then the doc ends up totally flopping, like to the point where it makes everyone hate the monarchy even more. And like Elizabeth has a talk with Wilson about like, what do these people want? And he's like, no one really knows, but like you can't be shut it away but you also can't like show us how normal you are cuz no one wants the crown to be normal and so everyone's just kind of confused. But so Philip is like, okay, we're going to do some damage control here and so he gets John Armstrong, the original like really not into the royal family writer to come back and do an interview and he brings Anne in and says, "Anne, you're <laughs> you're the most normal royal we have, like take it away." But Anne who is a, a smarty, is like, no, I'm not going to do this. And she orchestrates for John Armstrong to interview Alice. And when John interviews Alice, it turns out that she had a really horrible life and actually overcame really like intense circumstances and then dedicated her life to service. And so she actually basically saves the royal image so at the very end, Philip, who has now been completely proven wrong, has to go and he apologizes to his mother. And Alice says that like Philip just needs more faith in his life.
0: Thanks, Carlin. Yeah, it's been a while since we've seen Alice. Um, I think we saw a version of Alice right in um, the the episode that was kind of like all about Philip at uh, boarding school uh, in Scotland, right?
1: Oh, we? Did we? I don't did remember we see her?
0: her. I don't recall seeing Philip's mother ever. I think we they, she was mentioned. I thought when he went back to Germany and we saw his uh, father. Uh, we we was, saw his father. His I don't remember there? the mother at all. Oh, the mother wasn't there his at that point. His sisters
2: were older, but I don't think we ever saw her.
0: Okay, so you're so this is the first time then that we're meeting Alice. I, I believe so. so, yeah. Okay. Um I mean, she is quite a character. When um we first like get into the episode, we really don't have any idea who she is. Um, although maybe someone with like very deductive skills could probably be like immediately like, oh yeah, that's, (laughs) that's the mother-in-law.
1: Wait, like, uh, like, do you need any other evidence besides the fact that she had a photo of young Philip in her room? I feel like that was like the dead giveaway.
2: When did they show that photo? Did they show it? Yeah, they probably did in the very they beginning. Should, they I showed it like,
1: pretty early on. Yeah, and it was like the yeah. well, because they got the uh, the same actor who portrayed young Philip last season back yeah. for this episode, and yeah, that was that was him. Like, you, I mean, you can't really mistake that hairstyle.
0: That's true. Yeah. Maybe I was not yeah. looking at the screen at that moment. I was looking at my notes, um, and I missed the fo- I missed the <laughs> photo. Oh, oh, sure. You take notes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's take notes. He <laughs> takes so many notes. <laughs> I take
0: a lot of notes. Uh, On that note, I mean, we've seen, like, one returning character from the early seasons uh, in pretty much every episode this season, I think, except for maybe the last one. Young Philip, very low on my list of people I would have expected to see return.
2: Well, that kind of makes sense, because the idea is that, like, every era, they'll have a certain actor, and so he's kind of like the pre-season one actor for Philip. Like, I would expect them to also... Yeah, because they brought back the girls, too, right? The same girls from... Was
1: it the same? I mean, girls? did we? I mean, did we even get a good look at them? I, I felt like they like the face was kind of obscured. Like you're talking about the sister.
2: Yeah. No. The you're
1: talking about young, young
2: Elizabeth. Margaret and young yeah. Elizabeth. Like those are the same actors. Oh, like, sure, they, sure, they sure. They all sure, come yeah. as like a little set.
0: They all. Oh, the same. right, right, right. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So I thought it was fun to see him again. But on the topic of Alice, like I thought it was funny when we meet her. It seems like nobody in Greece really. Well, some people do, but there's a lot of people in Greece who don't really know who she is. It seemed like some people thought she was like a jewelry thief. Yeah. That... <laughs> some people think she's like a gangster nun. Like what
2: Good for her. Honestly, she her life sounds so much more interesting than it would have been in court.
0: She honestly just seems very misunderstood, I think, is kind of the way that she's portrayed. Um, both in this episode of The Crown and it seems like in um in, in Merlin's article.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I just Wait, called him Did you just call him Merlin? Yeah, because he was Merlin in the show. <laughs>
2: Oh, right. I thought he had such a magnetism <laughs> to it. And I was like, wow, who is this guy? So you're saying he's Merlin. Okay, I need I, to watch that.
0: I know that he was Merlin in the show, Merlin. So yeah, but I enjoyed seeing Alice here. Uh, do we think she's, is she staying? Like, is she, <laughs> we didn't see her leave. Is she like a member of the cast now?
2: I don't know. I guess it depends. Well, like who's next on our list of episodes? We'll have to look ahead.
1: I I feel like you could, I mean, you can even just assume that she's there this whole time moving forward and that can just be your headcanon because, I mean, let, let's face it. They like obscured like Anne so far and, and Charles as well, e- even up until now. So these family members are all just kind of there in, in the the, the peripherals, <laughs> but they don't like actually have to be featured. So, yeah, let, let's just say that grandma lives in Buckingham Palace from here on out and we'll probably never see her again as viewers
2: Well, you know what? Queen Mother has been like, we all know she's here, but I feel like she's only really gotten, like she was there in the first episode, and then she's kind of here now. Like, So yeah, grandmas get to go on the sidelines.
0: I'm shocked that we- Oh, I was going to say, I'm shocked that we met Anne before we met Charles.
2: Yeah, that's such a move. I like the fact that they're just like, yeah, Charles wasn't in this movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Ivan. Oh, I don't remember what I was going to (laughs) say. It seems like you had a thought about the Queen Mother.
1: (laughs) Oh, uh, well, the queen mother, um, she doesn't actually live in Buckingham Palace, does she? Like, she's oh, off she at, like, isn't she off at, like, Windsor House or some other resident? Like, I- oh,
0: yeah, one of the many palaces, which is at the crux of this episode. How many palaces <laughs> does one family need?
2: How many are there? I can name three, but there must be more.
0: Well, we got
1: Balmoral, Buckingham, Windsor House. Sandringham. Is Sandringham and Balmoral the same thing?
2: I don't no, think Balmoral's so. No, Balmoral's in
1: Scotland. Oh, okay. So that's
0: four.
2: Is Clarence House? A, no, that's a house. But Still a house. <laughs> um, You'd think
0: they'd have a place in Wales, right? Like if they ever wanted they to visit. They probably do. Yeah. Like where do they stay when they stay in Wales? Just like the Four Seasons.
1: <laughs> doesn't What, what about uh, doesn't the, uh, the Queen Mother now like own that house in the Scottish Highlands? The one yeah, that had she no does. electricity?
2: Yeah, the taxpayers probably do pay for that.
1: So, so, so actually, that that's that's something that I want to just like quickly get into. So, like Philip is complaining that Elizabeth hasn't gotten a raise in years, but is salary really such like a critical component of how these people live their lives? It seems like they just have like funds to spend. That the like I don't get the sense that any purchase that they make or anything that they ever received is coming out of their allowance.
2: Yeah, I honestly don't understand either because I assume they are not paying property taxes. They're not paying any mortgages. I assume they also don't pay for like the power or the like anything that has to do with like running. Like, are they spending money on like party things? Where's their allowance going toward clothing? On
1: party things? Well, well we, we know where it went f- for Prince Andrew. Oh, no.
0: Oh,
2: no. no.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's obviously the point of the episode, right? They're so out of touch. And it's always fun, I think, when we're watching The Crown to kind of see it on the flip side from, like, the regular person's point of view, because it's not something we get in every episode necessarily.
1: But that was actually another kind of beef I had with this episode. So, like, normally... I really like it when uh, you know the story is framed through the perspective of an outsider, like mm-hmm. somebody who is you know uh, coming in to either meet the royal family or you know interview them or, or interrogate them about something. Uh, you know I feel like some, some of the best episodes of the show so far have been ones that have really kind of featured some type of outside force looking in to the show. But this character of like the journalist, just made no sense to me like it was it was so cheesy and over the top like okay so i've never worked in a newsroom on a professional level but like i did in college and i had enough understanding of how a newsroom worked uh, to the point where you know it's pretty clear especially back back in these days when newspapers actually had money that most writers have some kind of beat like some kind of focus this guy Like, first, he's in the U.S. for some unspecified reason.
0: Uh, He's covering a Muhammad Ali story. That was right. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. great. Yeah. So completely different from anything (laughs) else that he does subsequently in the episode. Then he's back in the U.K. And his next article is what, like a review of the documentary? Suddenly he's a TV critic.
2: I thought that it wasn't his article. Was he the one reviewing the doc? Or is that just like his newspaper?
1: I thought he was, because wasn't he like writing down notes as he was watching it, like kind of with glee, because he knew he would tear them apart?
0: Okay, for context, he works at The Guardian. so (laughs) Right, but he he just kind
1: of seems to be able to do whatever he wants. So it's like, yeah, first he's profiling Muhammad Ali, and then he's like reviewing television shows. And then he, you know, is doing an interview with, Uh, You know, uh, I guess it was going to be Anne originally. So it it just seems like his focus is all over the place. And then, you know, like the scene where he is, you know, reading his own review to the other people in the newsroom (laughs) and they're all like cheering him on. Like something about that scene just drove me crazy because it was so just stupid and over the top. Like I half expected it to just suddenly like pan over to a shot of like some female, like employees of the newsroom, like looking at him and biting their nails and giving him bedroom eyes. Like everything about that was just like so unrealistic and over the top.
2: Oh, I wasn't even, I wasn't paying attention to that.
1: (laughs) I I did not care, care for that character. Like it, it just like, I, I like I don't know if he was he's real or not, but i I bet you like most of the the scenes and most of the role he played in this episode like i'm I'm gonna call it is probably pretty heavily fabricated
0: Ivan, when were you in your newsroom? It was probably ten years ago, eight years ago uh ish yeah <laughs> I mean, this was fifty years ago. maybe they hadn't really refined the process yet.
1: No no no, the, the, this this was like the golden age. Like this was back when newspapers actually had money. So it, like presumably they employed like hundreds of reporters that each just had their areas of focus. Like it would not be realistic for somebody to suddenly be like profiling Muhammad Ali, uh you know, doing reviews of the Doctor Who premiere and then all of a sudden, you know, I- I interviewing uh Sean Connery. Like it it just it doesn't make
0: sense. Well, I think it was just like a convenience thing, right? Like this reporter was in the United States covering the Muhammad Ali story and he happened to watch the US what, interview.
1: Is he a is he a political reporter? Is he a sports reporter? Like what what like what is his area of focus? I don't know. <laughs> I, I give
0: the remainder of my time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize this was such a contentious issue. He didn't ask for that much. He only asked for six hundred words. That's not a lot.
1: No, but and like, I, yeah, I'm also like very curious, like, what were those words? Cause it seems like Prince, like Philip probably said way more than 600 words worth of
0: like juicy material. Here's the thing like, everybody may have their own beats, right? At this, at the Guardian, but I feel like everybody also has an opinion or all these British people have like a stance on the monarchy and like whether or not it's important, right? So I feel like for anybody to write a think piece, it would be very easy for other people to get behind it based on how you viewed the monarchy and its place in society.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. At least for this episode, suspend a little. I, my disbelief was suspended, <laughs> but I also don't know anything about reporters.
0: Yeah, so Philip has this interview. Take it up
2: with Peter Morgan. Philip has,
0: yeah. yeah. So Philip has this interview. It's crazy how tone deaf he comes off. Like, it seems like he was not prepped at all. Uh, like, I feel like even in this season of the crown, there's been people, you know, some of the advisors being like, avoid this topic, uh, say this, don't say this, et cetera. Phillip just goes right up. He's like, we had to sell our yacht. I might not be able to play polo anymore. <laughs> things are, things are rough here at, uh, at, <laughs> at Buckingham Palace.
1: Yeah, it like it, it seems like somebody who would be who is otherwise like pretty savvy about like uh, media relations and and how the 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 royal family is being viewed by the public this seems like a pretty big gaffe for him.
2: And he's the one who yeah, he's the one who's so concerned that they're going to get ousted and have to like live in poverty. This is all his fault.
0: <laughs> this just goes back to what I was saying I think in episode 1 where Philip is just the most different I think from like gen 1 to gen 2.
2: Although this felt very old, Philip.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I I, I could have seen
1: Matt Smith doing like everything that Tobias Menzies did in this episode.
0: We also learn here. So there's like a a lot of like breakdown of like more breakdown of finances than I anticipated we would get. But there's actually like very specific numbers. So Margaret's trip to the US cost 30,000 pounds. And I looked up that conversion. Do you guys know how much uh, that would be in money today? (laughs)
2: $80,000.
0: Oh, much more than that. I would oh, say oh, like um, I would say three hundred thousand oh, USD more. So today, thirty thousand pounds in nineteen sixty. I did nineteen sixty-seven, but I, I guess it actually would have been maybe a little earlier. Uh, today, that's four hundred eighty-three thousand pounds. Uh, and a pound is roughly what like what I didn't do the actually pound to USD conversion, but a pound is what like. It's like $1.3, $1.4.
1: It's something like that. So so we're looking at like three three quarters of a million dollars? Roughly, yeah. That was how much Margaret's trip wow. to the U.S.
0: cost.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> and she stayed with friends. And she stayed with friends. <laughs> so, yeah, in
0: in fairness, that is a lot of money for like a, what, four-week trip?
2: That's insane.
0: Yeah. Yeah, geez. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> like let let, let, let let me just say it like the sales of uh, Tony's book probably didn't cover that trip. No, probably
0: not. He he might not have even got to go to his book launch. Like,
1: <laughs> no, that trip did not pay for itself.
0: It definitely did not.
2: Oh my god!
0: And yeah, there's a we actually see some of Wilson's cabinet and they have a conversation about finances as well. Apparently, the royal family cost the average taxpayer one thousand six hundred and seven pounds per year.
1: That's the other thing like that, that cabinet meeting was also pretty cartoonish. It it was a (laughs) it it was basically like, you know, a a spiritual sibling of the newsroom scene.
2: Oh, I, I, I feel like that's what it's really like. I assume they just argue about the crown constantly.
0: But I feel like, yeah, and I feel like it was consistent with earlier cabinet scenes that we've seen as well.
1: I feel like those were a little more restrained. Like, no, no, nobody was, like, nobody was just, like, waxing poetic in, like, earlier uh, cabinet scenes. These people were all, like, just, like, this putrid institution of the royal family cannot stand any further. The actions are abhorrent and they spend all of the nation's money. Like, it was just awful. Like... Like and if that, if what I what if what I just did was offensive like it wasn't nearly as offensive as what that scene did.
2: Well okay but like that was the Tories versus the um the Labour Party so maybe the Labour Party is just like this which
0: I know how quickly how quickly you forget that a cabinet scene gave us this. It's an act of God, Bobatte. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, like... that was
1: that was that that was Winston. He was larger than life. Like not, none, none of you, but, but like the other people in those scenes would be like, you know, Anthony Eden and McMillan and all of these very, you know, smaller than life men.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Wilson comes in for his meetings with the queen and the queen is like, Hey, what's up? And Wilson's like, uh, well, you know, it actually wasn't that bad. We did learn something. I guess out of all of this, I thought more people were a fan of you, but it turns out it's more like 50 50.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah. This man, I, what is he doing?
0: <laughs> um, yeah. And then Elizabeth is like, well, if you're the tiebreaker, what about you personally? And he's trying to do like the politician thing of like not giving an answer. But even he is like, you know, I side with you, but you do spend a lot of money.
1: I mean, in a sense, I think what he was doing was smart and probably to her benefit just to kind of give her the heads up that like, hey, if you don't change something, if you don't tweak things around a bit, shit's going to potentially hit the fan. So Mm -hmm. this is me being a buddy and giving you a warning.
0: Looking at some of the other uh, characters we got here, uh, really, I think making the most out of her little screen time she got here, Princess Margaret. This really is plumbing new depths of banality.
1: <laughs> that was a good one. That's oh my God. Good she
2: was so like pompous and like, it's something where like, I feel like they try to like hide it with like these really emotional, like Margaret scenes where you like feel for her. But I think it's so funny. Like, yeah, this is probably what she's usually like, like on the regular. And then like the emotional <laughs> breakdown is like 10% of the time. I wish
0: she could review this episode with us. I think yes. that if the documentary had actually been like allowed to use what they got, it would have been a riveting documentary. Like if they had been able, like, cause you assume they were rolling sound on that, right? Like if they had yeah. just used that,
1: <laughs> it would have been hilarious. <laughs> so so what I was kind of uh, like curious about is like, how much creative control did the family have over the documentary? Because like, you know, BBC shows up, you know, with their vans, and presumably, like, you know, they're the BBC, they're gonna, you know, create this thing with honesty and integrity. But then, you know, there's entire, you know, bits where... Philip was clearly just able to intervene and say like hey no uh you know the scene where you're talking to the the nun here in the courtyard uh we're, we're going to need that film you're 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 not using that
0: yeah it feels like they can't have gotten a lot of creative control i don't i don't know like we saw right on the uh the trip to australia right when um liz was throwing a racket at philip like
2: <laughs> <laughs> good times <laughs> <Don't you see laughs>
0: They're, I don't know. They have a pull over the media that is kind of inexplicable. That was a great episode. <laughs> Which, again, if that was in the documentary, would absolutely <laughs> make it must-watch Yeah, TV. I feel like
2: this documentary is probably really boring.
0: I mean, we saw some of the documentary. It was boring. That was terrible. And then it was like, um, okay, so we watched this documentary, and they're also just so stiff. Like, there's the yeah. a scene in the documentary where the narrator is like, And a very important part is like international dealings and like dealing with ambassadors and you just see Elizabeth shaking like this the hand of somebody, you don't see who it is, just from the back, and she's like, Yes, international negotiations are very important. Yeah, you like you you could tell like <laughs> e- even
1: just from like the uh, the fleeting shots of of Elizabeth that we saw, you know, in this uh documentary that she was very aware that there was a camera on her at
0: all times. <laughs> yeah. Um she's not savvy to this whole television thing. She tells multiple people here, but she's doing this because she does know a thing or two about marriage. And yes. if this is what Philip wants, then this is what Philip gets. I don't know. I just had so many flashbacks in that moment to all the things that we've conceded to Philip in the past. (laughs) And like, how long does this, is this just, how long will this go on? How long can this go on? (laughs) Just forever. I mean, we saw it with the flying lessons, uh, the lunch club, the title. The last name. The last name, but not King. So (laughs) Philip goes on this interview uh, in the United States. First thing he's asked, why aren't you King? Um, So awkward
2: because of feminism guys
0: but but like
1: like i i understand that yeah traditionally like uh you know the the male spouse doesn't take on the title but like is there a specific reason
2: i assume it's so the husband doesn't get to like usurp the queen's power because bloodline matters more than man because you know you see king and you like think that's more important than queen
1: right but what i i guess I'm, I'm i'm confused what's the danger i mean if the public knows that like oh that's just you know the crazy greek guy that she married like i don't think they're gonna be okay with him uh, usurping the
0: throne
2: i don't know because there were kings for so long didn't they used to not let women no they i don't know there wasn't
0: i don't know um okay so also we learn here that philip from his office has an intercom that can Page anybody in the palace. I'm assuming people outside the palace can hear it as well. And this is how he summons Anne to his <laughs> to his office.
1: So, so okay. So, so that was like specifically an intercom that wasn't just like a palace wide PA system.
2: It sounded like an intercom
1: because because like people were like the staff all across the palace was just kind of like hearing it from what seemed like overhead sometimes. So it, I mean, it wasn't just like.
0: I don't think they have like radios. It's not like they're being like paged and they have like the earpiece and they're like, oh, okay. Like it did not seem yet. like it was like everywhere. Like it's just yeah, like, and it, was, it was like, voice. it was like booming. Yeah. yeah
1: like it, it wasn't just like, you know, him, like his voice just suddenly like, you know, showing up like quiet and muffled, like sitting on like, you know, a bedside table. Like this, this was like Dolby Atmos surround sound.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I just like the implication that they need that for Anne. Like she can just be anywhere, and she would otherwise ignore you unless you were on the full system PA.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was such thing. a that was such a cool and jarring intro scene for Anne because like it was it was so chaotic because like yeah. you saw that suddenly there was this you know character approaching and you could kind of tell that like well you know if they're being all you know mysterious about who it is it must be you know someone that we're not as well acquainted with so far in this season or this episode. Uh, yeah, and then like you know that coupled with like the the chaos of, of Philip trying to you know use the intercom system uh, yeah like what what a scene that was that was really cool
2: it had big um the warden entrance and holes energy with oh, <laughs> yes
0: wow what a niche wow. <laughs> oh my god wow throwback okay
1: yeah it, 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 it had big like Bill Murray and space jam energy to it when he shows up. To help the team win at the end.
2: (laughs) Yep. Uh,
0: Yeah, so he actually doesn't. So when he's paging, he doesn't go. He doesn't say Anne. He says, sweetie. Uh, That's how he pages her over the intercom. It's fascinating to me that the the staff doesn't know that this is Anne because they still find Elizabeth first. And Elizabeth is like, (laughs) she's like, no, I'm darling or cabbage. (laughs) You hear those. That's me. (laughs) But
1: see that that's that's another one of those things where I have to like again like suspend my disbelief because like it was clearly just done for dramatic effect, but you're right, like there's no way the staff wouldn't have known who he was trying to get a hold of.
2: They just fired all their staff and this was all new staff, okay guys that's all <laughs> and here's the thing I think
0: like Anne hates this. I don't think she likes being intercon sweetie over the phone, and that's why I think she gets like a special pleasure learning that uh, Alice's pet name for Philip is Bubbakins
2: <laughs> Yeah. Anna yeah. has so much personality in this, like almost more than anyone else in the royal family. I, I really like her. I think yeah, she's I like fun. her as well. I hope she has to stick around.
0: Yeah, I mean she's kind of played off Spo- here. As- Spoiler, she does. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you guys, wait, you know what? Charles wasn't here either. Where were the other two? Doesn't isn't there four kids? Yeah, there are <laughs> Where four. Where were the other kids?
0: I know we got more corgis than kids in this episode. Yeah, but I mean, I agree, Carlin. Like, Anne is definitely played off here as, like, I think they say she's the most, like, unpretentious royal that they have.
2: Which, again, is funny. Like, what are these yeah. two little boys like?
0: are <laughs> yeah. Edward
1: and Anthony? Well, they're really young. <laughs> That's the but, answer. Like,
2: they're clearly more pretentious already, though.
1: Yeah. I, I just don't think that they're really factors yet. Like, you know, these, these like, boys are now probably still, like, what, six, seven years old?
2: Well, I don't understand how old Anne is to start.
1: (laughs) Well, okay, so if if Anne's born in, like, late 40s, early 50s, then at this point we're looking at her in kind of her, like, mid to late teens, right?
2: I think think that's why she had the long flowing hair, and I assume when she gets older they're going to cut it.
0: She'll get the Elizabeth haircut. Yeah. (laughs) I think at one point Philip calls her thrifty as well. I'm not really sure what he means. (laughs) Because,
2: yeah, I don't think she probably has any cheap items. Yeah.
0: All right, so basically, uh, we have all this stuff happening in Greece, and Liz is like, Philip, we should invite over your mom. And Philip is like, no, but Elizabeth is like, yes. And so (laughs) Alice is coming to the palace. I mean, she and uh, the queen seem to get on pretty well. It seems like they they don't see each other that much, but Elizabeth seems to be like a fan of her. It really seems to be just a Philip issue.
2: This is such a Philip issue. He's going to let his mom die. I, I mean, I don't know what's happening in Greece, but like it could have been bad.
0: I, I got I
1: got a question about uh, about Alice. Like, does her princess title come from the British royal family and her connection to it or from something else entirely?
2: I didn't understand why she wasn't the queen of Greece. To start? I mean, I think it comes from several
0: places, right? Schleswig, Holstein, Sonderberg, Luxburg of the royal houses of
2: Denmark and Norway and latterly
0: of Greece.
1: Sam, I'm trying to learn here and you're you're just having a laugh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There (laughs) was at least... I, um... That's a very complicated family.
1: Because it wouldn't have been, like, the sort of thing where, like, Philip's dad, were he still alive, that he would suddenly have a prince title by extension, right? He'd probably still be a lord. Or whatever he was.
2: Huh. Yeah, because then why, yeah, why is it, wait, no, Philip was a prince and then he got rid of that title and then he wanted England to give him a new one.
1: Yeah, like she, cause so like Alice has to be part of like either some like Greek or, or Danish royal family, right? That That's where all uh, this is coming from.
2: I assume so.
1: Yeah, let's go with that.
0: But yeah, Princess Alice. Yeah, Princess Alice. So Princess Alice is put into like it seems like an adjacent kind of building to the main building. She is uh, put up kind of I think next to Anne. I think is what they say. So she and Anne actually are able to form a relationship pretty quickly.
1: Wait, wait. So so Anne's also been like exiled to the, the to the annex as well. I, I feel like she probably like wants
2: it. that because <laughs> yeah. then she never has to see Philip.
0: <laughs> Couche. Yeah, that's why it takes her so long to reach the office. That's why she has Uh, to be paged over the air.
2: And she just hears, like, sweetie over and over again. She's like, I'm coming. I'm coming. Anne
0: talks to Alice. And Anne is pretty much, right away, like, Alice actually is pretty cool. She has some, like, really interesting stories. And Anne is devoted to helping Alice with kind of, like, uh, finding money to renovate the the convent back in Greece. They need, um, I think she says, like, 300 pounds or something for the roof uh, You know 200 pounds for something else In the grand scheme of things Not a lot considering that Margaret Spent 30,000 pounds going to (laughs) To the United States for Four weeks and so here are the things That they suggest they can uh, sell Some of the paintings but I think that this Is a no-go because then they'd have to interact With uh, (laughs) With the guy who's a Russian spy (laughs) Right
2: I feel like he should want to do that, like distribute the money to the people.
0: That's true. That would be very socialist of him. Yeah. Uh, They could sell some of the clocks. And I hadn't considered (laughs) this, but it's true. There are a lot of clocks. We've had multiple scenes of just them listening to clocks go off at the same time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It is that scene was so infuriating where you're like, these people are like suffering, and you could sell like one clock. And she's not getting approval for it.
0: I know. Liz is like, well, here's the thing. They're not our clocks to sell. Whose clocks are they? <laughs> what does that even mean?
2: Anne should just steal it. I feel like Alice would be a very, she probably is a good thief. Like Alice, just 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 uh, take it. Go. No <laughs> one's going to know. No one's going to know. Sell it to your pawn broker friend.
0: So since those are both a no-go, uh, what they're just going to do is write to people and beg for money. <laughs> That's basically what they do.
2: Again, I feel like the Anne Alice um, heist AU is very <laughs> compelling here. That's going to be my next fanfic.
0: Alice definitely has like the look of a gangster. I, I don't think there was a scene in this episode. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Wait, 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 expand on that.
0: Well, I don't think there was a scene. <laughs> what do you want? I don't think there was a scene here we saw where she wasn't smoking.
2: Yeah, she was. She's a hard smoker. You know, we just get like some granny, granddaughter. Um, this is how Anne becomes um, a communist.
0: She's like pulling five pound sapphires out of like nowhere. So much so that even the, the brokers are like, there's no way that's real. She's like, try it.
1: How did that not solve the
2: problems?
1: <laughs> yeah, like was she not just not able to sell that thing in the end?
2: Maybe they didn't. Yeah, they probably didn't want it because I'm sure he could.
1: She also probably could have like fetched more money uh, for it now that she was in London too.
2: Probably. See, again, this is where my fanfic comes in because she's gonna go sell her sapphire. Um, She's gonna teach Anne the ways of, of, you know, negotiation because I'm sure Anne doesn't have that skill.
1: Wait. So you said this is your next fanfic. What is your (laughs) most recent or current one?
2: Um, it's not in this in this fandom so it's not relevant.
1: What was your most recent crown related fanfic?
2: <laughs> what was it? Wasn't it our um it was that Jackie Kennedy Elizabeth fanfic I, <laughs> Oh wow. I, did you forget about that one? It's been a
0: it's this been is a, a new one? Yeah.
2: I'll just keep making new ones.
1: I'm writing I'm writing one about LBJ and Margaret.
2: Good.
0: <laughs> oh man, I would not watch that one. <laughs> Um, One thing, though, that the people watched, so we didn't get a number on this, but Wilson is like, a lot of people watched the documentary, even though he didn't like it. A lot of people watched it. What percentage of British households do we think watched the royal family documentary?
2: Um, What percentage had a TV and then that percentage? So 100%. (laughs) 100%. 100%. I don't think everyone in England has a TV.
0: But you're saying 100 percent of people who did have a TV were tuned into the documentary.
2: Yeah, it's like the way people I think used it's to watch. Um...
0: Safe to say, yeah, because I mean, there were what all of two, three channels back then. Like, yeah, you didn't so, have a yeah. lot of options. I mean, and I don't you know, know what it was people... like in the UK. Uh, they have different channels.
2: I think it's probably the same.
0: You think they just have one channel? And it's BBC. Uh,
2: very few, <laughs> very few channels. You
0: can watch BBC or ITV, and it's a very different yeah, vibe. There's also, BBC Two and BBC Three. Do you think they had BBC two and three back then too?
1: Well, that's, that's, that's where my knowledge, that's where <laughs> my knowledge ends. Yeah. As, as if it hasn't even like, as, as if it's even begun anywhere else. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm guessing there was probably like, you know, one, one BBC channel and then maybe MTV Euro. Like that's probably all they were working with at this point. Yeah. It's just
0: a live feed from Ibiza. Um, Wait,
2: MTV Euro in the sixties. <laughs> <'60s? laughs> I think that's the joke that's
0: the joke (laughs) Wilson so Wilson is like you know what the problem is uh you're just not suited for TV I am a TV star I know (laughs) (laughs) I know about TV look at me look at me I am what people want to see on TV which I thought was hilarious
2: (laughs) you know I love this man his (laughs) hidden depths
0: he produces Eastenders oh my god (laughs) Yeah, but they basically, no one wants to see the royal family as they are. No one wants also, no one wants the, like, curtain to be, you know, drawn back. And, you know, no one wants to see the Wizard of Oz. You know, they just want them to be an ideal. And that's, like, that's what they want. They don't want this. This is bad. And I would say, you know, fast forward 50 years and listen to this podcast, Mr. Wilson. (laughs) Like, we're looking, we'll we'll take what we can get. Philip, so annoyed that this hasn't played out uh, the way that he thought it would. And so, yeah, Carl, like you said, he's going to set up this interview. And I thought it was hilarious. And is like, we can't do it with the Daily Mail? (laughs) (laughs) Why not the Daily Mail? Um, But no, it has to be this guy. So, Ivan, for all that you said about John Armstrong, this has been the best move of his career. It's just immediately gotten him into Buckingham Palace.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, again, I, I'm very dubious about like the the way these events transpired. I, I really think like this episode more than most has kind of made my radar go a little crazy in terms of what was fabricated.
0: I know a wild tone shift from the last episode that we had to watch. We learn here also John Armstrong doesn't like Anne either. Uh, so although we liked Anne, John's boss is like you're going to go interview Anne, and he's like Little Miss Dumpy and Grumpy.
1: Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to wonder because, like, you, you that intro scene with Anne, where she's, you know, just very uh, not not super like psyched to, you know, be be doing, uh, you know, Phillips PR bidding, but still going along with it. I I feel like there was something extremely authentic about that, and I don't know, like maybe if she presented herself like that to the British people, like some of what some of them would fi- find it kind of, you know, what is it, grumpy and dumpy, but others might be like, yeah, she she's a real one.
2: Well, I think it's like. She probably is so like attached, not like or like so in tune with normality that like a normal person would probably be really annoyed to have to constantly like give interviews and like turn on for the, you know, camera or interviewers. So in essence, they're mad that she isn't like, you know, reacting positively to attention because they think like, you know, there's that idea with like celebrity that you need to give back to the people.
0: But they do it they do it all a classic switcheroo. You're not going to interview Anne. You're going to interview Alice.
2: No, I thought that was so clever. Good, good for Anne. Philip wouldn't have come up with that.
0: Anne was so aggressive. She was like, "Grandma!" Now pushes her through the door. <laughs> and then Grandma is just—I don't even know what happened. She was in a daze. She's just kind of like wandering around like the big room. Well, because I think it was her her first time
1: getting to like see that room because they had just kind of kept her isolated to the pool house, and now she finally gets to see all of the the grandeur and artwork.
0: Martin is like, oh no, oh shit. But damage has been done. John is going to interview her starting from the very beginning, even though she's ancient, (laughs) which I think might have been my favorite line of the episode.
1: Well, that was also, again, sorry. I know I keep talking about how much I don't believe about anything that happened in this episode, but I feel like in that moment where John's like, oh, uh, she just agreed to the interview, so I'm going to do it like in the real world Martin would have just looked back at him and said no you're not get yeah. the fuck out of here
0: <laughs> yeah you're not welcome here anymore bye that's fair that's a fair critique i i think that as well although martin never had Wait, how
2: did this happen
0: martin never had the fortitude that uh <laughs> we got from tommy Lassels. martin was always a bit softer H- how do we feel about this version of martin by the way
2: um kind of um, boring <laughs> there yeah there's <laughs> not much there. to
1: say but yeah because we, I feel like we were kind of rooting for Martin for a while in, yeah. in early, uh, you know, season one or so, you know, hoping he could become the the private secretary and, you know, defy tradition and stuff. And now he's just kind of like, eh, he's just a cog in the wheel.
0: Yeah, I mean, he did represent like the younger generation, but he's just become just like the rest of them. Yeah, so then we start to learn the Alice story. She was born deaf. She was diagnosed with schizophrenia. She was treated by Freud, who was a dick. She escaped a mental asylum.
1: And that was all by age three.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's had like a really a really hard life. I think by anybody's standards, not just like, you know, the royal standards. It seems like after Philip reads this in the paper, he's learning all this for what seems like the first time. Um, mm-hmm. It really seems like he's never had kind of like any of these conversations with his mother. He just has always jumped to the conclusion that he had about her when he was, what, like 15? I don't know. Hopefully, this is like a moment of growth for Philip, and this leads to Alice, as we said earlier, just becoming a regular cast member. Everything is hunky dory right. now.
1: Mm-hmm. Where, where is Dicky in all of this? By the way, like, in <laughs> fact, where is he at all? Like, this seems like the this would have been like the perfect episode for him to show up and, and provide a little bit more context to Philip.
2: Maybe he'll come next week or the week after that. I don't know. They just like they only have to they can introduce like two one to two major characters per episode, Mm. so they're like oh sorry we use it all on Anne.
0: Yeah, this was a long episode. It was mm, it was one of the longer episodes we've had so far this season. So you know they had to save it for something for next time. Um, And then the last thing that Alice asks Philip is how is his faith? And he's like dormant. I believe in nothing. Um, And she's (laughs)
2: like,
0: (laughs) she's like that's not good. I don't know. She tells Philip to find his faith again. Uh, Are we confident that he will? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and that's pretty much the episode. Uh, Anything else that we should touch upon here before we dive into, I mean, there wasn't that much here, honestly, but dive into our Kinky Crown Award for this episode. Let's do it. No, we're good. We're good? All right. Um, Carlin, did you have anything from this episode?
2: It was really hard. I was surprised. I mean, maybe you guys got a lot from it, but like, I think Anne being a good investment was pretty kinky. Oh jeez, that's my that's my one. You You guys, what what do you you guys? What do you
1: mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What mean? What mean? (laughs) What do you mean? A good investment.
2: I don't know it was very weirdly worded they kept talking we... about how like what everyone's like wait but price wait, where, where, where,
1: where is your mind going in all this are, are we talking like human trafficking here like what
2: i had to find something you guys just say yours i don't even know if it's gonna be included
0: oh jeez. yeah let, let's hope it isn't well mine came from about 20 minutes ago when ivan said that all of the newscasters were giving john armstrong bedroom eyes
2: yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Wait, wait, no. I, I was saying
0: like that was like a missing
1: shot from that scene. Like I, I was saying I wouldn't be surprised if that was what happened next while he's like reading it out loud and everybody's well, I think cheering we can him assume,
0: on. We can safely assume that it was.
1: So no, wait, the, the the Kinky Crown nomination is that like John, John Armstrong got laid that night?
2: No, it's the well, it was a very um self congratulatory moment. Oh my yeah. God! You guys went silent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was this was tough. There wasn't there really wasn't a lot here. I don't know, Ivan. Did you have anything?
1: Uh, no. I think we should discontinue the segment.
0: <laughs> discontinue no. the segment. Oh, Carlin. <laughs> I think no, we, we're not going we, we, we 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 re- to do this. We're one hard episode. The King King. All
1: right, I, my, my nomination or like. I'm going to, I'm going to use the words that you kind of put in my mouth that John Armstrong got laid the night of that article being published
0: by the editor in chief, but (laughs) I mean, it is interesting that we got all of this like mother, um, trauma and a Freud and a Freud mention in the same episode. Oh oh no. Where are you going with this?
2: Freud. Yeah. Freud.
0: (laughs) Just Freud. Yeah. Freud.
2: While you're Jeez. looking, I just, this isn't kinky, but I actually, I really like the continuity of the Queen Mother consistently liking wildlife films, because that was like part of her personality in the earlier seasons, and they like had a little shout out to that. We love consistent characterization.
1: A uh, call back to her one personality.
2: Yeah, her personality is watching nature films.
0: Uh, I'll I'll throw in an 11th hour nominee and it's liz watching philip and his and his mother go on a walk in the garden through the window what is wrong with you people <laughs> you saw the way she smiled she was like ooh i like that
1: oh my god what what in the world you
0: you people are depraved yep you saw it she she was like oh i did something i i did this i worked this out <laughs>
1: All right. You know what, Sam? <laughs> you can pick Freud. You know what, Sam? Yeah. If your wife saw you going on a walk with your mother and, and her mind went to that place, what would your reaction to
0: that be? What would my reaction to that be? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that normal? It's not normal. Is that, That's...
1: Is, that, is that the line you would draw there?
0: That's what makes is that it kink. that how you k- connect the dots? That's what would make it a kink. No.
2: <laughs> Brilliant.
0: All
1: right. My
0: vote is that I abstain.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna vote for Freud.
0: I mean, I think it's all connected. It's Philip and his mom <laughs> and everything around it. <laughs>
2: oh my god. All right. So wait, what one?
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we all lost today. L- we did, let's we move did on. all lose today. Alright. That's so okay, that is. The Crown Season 3, Episode 4. Next time, we'll be at the midpoint of uh, the season. We'll talk about The Crown Season 3, Episode 5, which is entitled Coup. uh, Pursuing improvements in her racehorse management, Elizabeth imagines the life she might have had, and meanwhile, a plot against her government is brewing. Carlin, a horse girl episode.
2: Yeah. See, that'll (laughs) be easy to do the kinky crown awards again.
0: (laughs) we'll have another horse sex scene?
2: Yeah, probably. I assume so. Uh
0: um, nothing
2: gets Liz riled up like horses.
0: To Ivan's point, I think we can do a kinky crown award as the episode requires. If, was, if there's another episode like this where there's just really nothing, we can we can move on. We can we can abstain. Okay. Fine. Thank goodness.
2: <laughs> but I'm not gonna let that happen, so
0: <laughs> all right. Um so Definitely tune in next time to hear that. Uh, In the meantime, Ivan, if people want to connect with you and talk about uh, all the kinky things that they saw in this episode of The Crown, uh, where can they do that? Uh, Just send a letter to the editor. (laughs) Uh, Carlin, what about you?
2: Um, I am at Twitter, at Carlin Greenwald, and I'm on Instagram, at Carlin underscore G-E-E.
0: And I'm on Twitter at SirSamChung, but the best place to reach us uh, for any podcast-related thoughts is on Twitter, at crown around pod that's all we got for now and we'll see you next time and god save the queen
1: god God save save the the queen.
0: queen